Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, we are going to be looking at the Boston Celtics and free agency, off-season stuff, um, some of the players that they could have had interest in and didn't go after or didn't end up with, and looking at some of those potential targets off the board and what could happen moving forward. So we're going to talk about that and go from there. So the Celtics have been watching what's been going on from afar, and there were a lot of different names that were on the board that could have interested or piqued the Celtics' interest. Um, And those guys, at least some of them, are no longer available. And one of those names was Alec Burks. And the reason why is because he was a pretty good shooter, score, bench piece, and would have filled a need on the wing for the Celtics off the bench. Only makes $10 million, so he fits into that $17 million trade exception. And because the New York Knicks were looking to get rid of cap space to sign Jalen Brunson, they could have easily taken on Alec Burks if it meant getting a second-round pick or two out of the New York Knicks. And New York seemingly was on board with doing that because a few days ago, they traded Burks and Netherlands Noel plus two second-round picks and $6 million in cash to Detroit. I think it was like a pick, like a future pick, um, went to New York. So it was a salary dump. Pretty much just two players. Detroit likes Noel. They like Alec Burks. And they saw a good move when they decided to go with it. So the Celtics ended up not getting Alec Burks. And I actually think uh, there were a few articles that I read that the Celtics were contacted by the Knicks about doing an Alec Burks trade. Probably similar Alec Burks in a draft pick or two for basically nothing in the grand scheme of things. So they ended up not getting involved on that because they, I think, declined the offer the Knicks had thrown at them. And part of me believes, and from reading articles on it, they didn't like that he was injured for a lot of last season. And also, they could use that trade exception for something else. And a bigger deal could have come through. And so the Celtics lost out on that, which not a huge uh, problem, not a big deal. And then another name on the list was Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's in Washington. And it seemed like he could be available, and he was available, and he was traded to Denver. Denver takes Ish Smith and Contavious Caldwell-Pope from Washington, and Washington receives Will Barton and Monte Morris. So guesses the Wizards wanted a better point guard because Monte Morris is better than Ish Smith maybe um, with Jamal Murray at the point guard they wanted a better shooting guard and Contavious Caldwell Pope fits that he also can play the small forward and overall I think he's just better than Will Barton so their needs in that regard it's a good deal both sides I mean Will Barton and Contavious Caldwell Pope are one-year contracts so money's kind of even But the Celtics lost out on both of those guys. There wasn't much on Will Barton, but if he was available, I'm sure they could have tried a way or found a way to get him. But maybe they felt like there was another bigger offer out there, potentially. And so there were rumors of DeJounte Murray as available. And every Celtics fan looked at DeJounte Murray as the ideal player. One is the sheer fact that he's just great and he's a good shooter, defensive player, 
could have been the true point guard they were looking for, and he made under $17 million, so he fit into that trade exception. There were rumors on what they were looking for, which was three first-round picks, which I don't know if the Celtics even got involved with DeJounte Murray. I don't know if the price was way too high and they felt like maybe three first-round picks wasn't right. Regardless, they did do the Derek White trade, so there was the familiarity between Boston and San Antonio, so if a deal got done, it was easy to see both sides coming together because they've done that before this season. It ended up being a trade, so DeJounte Murray did get traded, but he got traded to Atlanta. Now, fit aside, because I don't know how Murray and Trey Young are going to work, the deal was Danilio Gallinari and three first-round picks in a pick swap for a second-round pick in DeJounte Murray. So basically, it went from, yeah, we'll see where he goes. Uh, Atlanta had a lot of interest. Uh, I think Minnesota had interest, but at the end of the day, it was Atlanta who got the deal done. Three first-round picks, a pick swap, and Gallinari. Now, the importance of Gallinari is his contract can be bought out, and I don't know how much he'll be paying or how much the Spurs will have to pay of it, but $21 million, most of that's probably going out the window, which was a very... Um, important thing to talk about. And if you look at the New York Knicks, for example, trying to go after Jalen Brunson, you could make the argument that they should have just tried for DeJounte Murray because they got three future first-round picks, which they got from OKC and, um, you know, the Detroit, Jalen Duran, all of that stuff. So they could have found the picks to do it, but maybe didn't have the player that San Antonio was looking for, because if, let's say they wanted to do Evan Fournier, three first-round picks and a pick swap, well, San Antonio doesn't want a big contract like that, so it couldn't have worked uh, anyways. Um, and even if they did, like, an Alec Burks and three firsts in the pick swap, uh, maybe they didn't want that either. But this is a deal that seemingly works for Atlanta, and it works for, um, I guess the Spurs, Greg Popovich, blessed and signed off on this. DeJounte Murray, I guess, wasn't going to take any extension on his contract. Um, It seemed like this is where they're going. And I love hearing stories when trades happen, like the after effect. Like, James Harden was traded, and then after the fact, it was like, oh, well, he wasn't going to stay in Brooklyn anyway. So when you see these deals, sometimes what will come out is just information how this player didn't want to be there anymore after a trade got done. So I like, you know, DeJounte Murray in Atlanta because they did need another guard and they did need another, you know, potential ball handler. You know, I think the fit between Murray and Trey Young will be interesting, but it's a better situation. So this deal is probably important for a few reasons because now Atlanta gets much better. But more importantly for the Celtics, this could lead to a few things. Number one, Gallinari, if he's waived, which he's probably going to get waived, released, could be and probably is number one on the Celtics' radar because he's a wing, small forward, power forward. He can shoot off the bench, probably not going to cost you that much. And it seems like that's their number one target or the Celtics are number one in line for um, Gallinari if he's released, according to a bunch of articles and tweets and whatnot. And from the Atlanta side of things, now that Jonte Murray's there, maybe... Someone like a Kevin Herter is available, which could fit into the trade exception. And if the Celtics trade a first-round pick for Kevin Herter, there's the potential for them to get a great wing, great shooting guard off the bench who can shoot the three, 
and I think Herter would be a great player. So if the Celtics trade, let's just say, Peyton Pritchard and a first for Kevin Herter and slide him into that trade exception, that could be a pretty good situation for the Celtics because maybe they didn't want to trade three first-round picks for DeJounte Murray because they have Derek White, they have, you know, guys who can do things, you know, Marcus Smart, Maybe Kevin Herter is the guy they need because they need a shooter. And if he's available now because the Hawks want to shed cap space and get rid of someone, Boston can slip in, right? Uh, I was reading an article and it was talking, uh, someone was talking to Wick Grusbeck and he was talking about how this team's not going to make total overhaul moves. They're going to make small moves on the fringes. So adding in Kevin Herter as a shooter, adding in Gallinari as a, a bench piece, you know, potentially those are the moves you're going to see. Like, you're not going to see the DeJounte Murray. You're probably not going to see the Bradley Beal move at this point. But I do think eventually it could come because he's a free agent. Bradley Beal is going to opt out of his player option. He's going to sign probably the Supermax with Washington, stay there for a year, and then next offseason when he's been paid, he's probably going to say, look, I've done enough, I'm moving on. That's what happens with a lot of players. Anthony Davis signed a big contract you know, in uh, New Orleans, and then he gets traded. A lot of players are going to sign big contracts, get their money, and then realize, eh, it's not a great situation, I want to get paid. It deservedly so. If you're a player of his caliber, you should get all the money you want, and then decide, hey, I don't want to play there. Because if Bradley Beal is like 30 years old, playing for the Wizards, and he's like, I'm, I'm all set. Like, he's got value. Like, he's a player who's probably got a good... If he's 30, he's got a good six years of playing before he drops significantly. And if you're any team out there, like the Celtics could be, uh, maybe he's an option in the future. I don't think he's one right now, and I don't think Bradley Beal is going anywhere else. But the fact that the Celtics made the finals and Bradley Beal is friends with Tatum, I think there's a connection there. And I think it's inevitability that he'll come to Boston at some point. I just don't think it's right now, and I think it's because he wants his money, and he deserves all of that and then some. But for the Celtics, players like Kevin Herter and players like Gallinari on the fringes are probably what they're going to do. And as much as I want to say that maybe things could get totally different for the Celtics, I don't really think there's going to be too many crazy moves there's a lot of trade exceptions, and probably most of them are not going to get used. My best guess is one of those is going to get used, which is the $17 million, and then maybe another one just to fill spots. But I don't think they're going to make big moves. I don't think that's their plan. I think there are players they could go for, and there are great you know, wing players and bench pieces. I just don't really see them going out there and uprooting their whole team and so at the end of the day I think there's great players and there are guys who could fit this team I do think Daniel Tice is not my favorite Celtics player and I think there is um, a lot to uh, you know to get out there for him I'm sure his value might not be 100% the greatest but I think we need to get rid of him I think we need to get rid of Nesmith because he hasn't done really anything in my opinion so yeah, I think it's time to move on from um, move on from them. I think there's other great players who could be potentially available, um, and yeah, I uh, I think they can kind of see what's available from the fringes. Um, 
and go from there. I was reading a few articles, um, both of which came from Fansided, about Keldon Johnson and Lonnie Walker in a sign-in trade. Uh, Keldon Johnson's still on San Antonio, Lonnie Walker sign-in trade. I don't know if San Antonio is going to be one, wanting to trade away players anymore. I think he, or the team itself, is good with what they have, and they'll see where they're going. But I don't know if either of these are a possibility. But if they are, then I guess we'll have to see um, where they, they go from here. So I think the biggest question now is where do they go this offseason? And what is, I guess, the next moves going forward so ideally I'm going to give you some of those moves and I don't know exactly what they'll do but I'm going to give you some of my thoughts so first and foremost they have to get rid of Daniel Tice as I said before he doesn't fit this team they need a true backup center because if you look at the Boston Celtics they have Robert Williams and every other guy on their roster is more of a small ball center Al Horford 6'9 Grant Williams is 6'6 and Daniel Tice is 6'8". Even Robert Williams is 6'8". So he's a smaller center. So if they can get someone who's a little bigger, someone who's a little stronger, you know, and that could come in a whole host of fashions. Uh, trading for someone, going out there and signing someone, you know, there's ways to, to fill all of those needs. And I think getting in a bigger center, whether he's as good as Daniel Tice or not, not really a question, but um, I think getting rid of Daniel Tice would be a good move. You could also fit um, said center in a trade exception and also create an $8 million, $9 million trade exception from Daniel Tice, which is very possible, I think. Uh, they also should go for shooting off the bench, and I think that's something they're going to have to address because they are one of the best teams defensively, if not the best team defensively last season. They didn't have the offensive firepower. And I've said this um, before. They played against a guy in Steph Curry who could hit threes like it's no one's business. And they need someone who might not be a great uh, player overall, but a good three-point shooter. So if you have a situation where you're playing against a team that's shooting the ball very well, you need someone who can shoot threes to come in the game. And that's why I think Kevin Herter makes just so much sense because he's a pretty good player overall, but he's a very good three-point shooter. And if the Atlanta Hawks are looking to, A, move on from someone so they can kind of clear up their roster now that Jajante Murray's there, and two, maybe want to get back a first-round pick uh, in the future, it's not really out of the realm of possibilities for Boston to get involved. And maybe this is their whole game plan all along. Because maybe Boston knew that Atlanta wanted Dejounte Murray. Maybe they knew the package. Maybe they knew the price. And they said, look, Atlanta is probably going to get him for three first-round picks because that's what the Spurs want. They'll come crawling back if they want to recoup some of those first-round picks and we can slide in there and get a good player. And I'd like to point out that I probably wouldn't go for Bogdanovich. I'd go for Herter. So if Atlanta is more interested in moving Bogdanovich, I'd kind of get away from that. But if Kevin Herter is the guy they're looking to move, I'd be 100% open to going for him. So I think... For Boston, you know, it's an interesting situation what's going to happen because I don't really know. I have no real idea on where everything's going to end up going. And I think there's a lot of potential moves uh, that could be uh, be made. Um, and 
there are a lot of great free agents who could be on the board, a lot of great free agents who could be uh, available, and I think, you know, it's just one of those things um, that could take place uh, moving forward. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. So, I found this article called CBS on CBSSports.com. Zach Levine, James Harden, Jalen Brunson headline list of 45 players who are available. Um, 45 intriguing players on the market. So I want to look at this list and see if any of these guys could be Celtics targets. And if they are, how would they help the team? So the first set is the biggest names in free agency. So Zach Levine, he's staying with the Bulls. James Harden, he's probably staying with uh, the 76ers. DeAndre Ayton is a restricted free agent. He's not coming here. We have Robert Williams. And we don't have enough money to sign him anyways. Um, Miles Bridges uh, was probably one of the best young players available. But now, fortunately, or, you know, in a rough situation, he is arrested in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, so he is questionable in terms of his future. So he's not on the board. Um, but if he doesn't get a contract and he doesn't go anywhere because of his legal issues maybe in the future if things are cleared up he could get a much cheaper contract in boston as a reclamation project but most likely his future is in question now that um he was arrested released on bail so we'll see what happens there jalen brunson it's a foregone conclusion that he's either going to new york or dallas um, i think new york's going to give him a bigger offer than dallas can even think about and he's going to new york Bradley Beal is probably going to resign with Washington. Um, no big deal there. Restricted free agents Colin Sexton and Anthony Simons. Both are probably going to stick with what they have. Um, the first name on this list that I can actually say could be a Celtics option is Tyus Jones, who's an unrestricted free agent. This guy was uh, 12.6 assists in 30 minutes per game last year. 41% um, of his catch-and-shoot threes. Um, and if... Memphis wants to pay him, then Memphis will pay him, but he's the first name on this list that I could say, yeah, he's someone who could come to Boston. Then we have DeLon Wright, who is, uh, he's 30, he's a little older, but um, he is someone who could be leaving Atlanta now that, obviously, John St. Murray's there. So as a backup point guard, shooting guard, he could be the obvious uh, option off the bench and could be a good piece. Not the greatest shooter, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he fits well. We have Malik Monk, who I think Malik Monk could be a good player for Boston, but I don't know how much he's going to command. He probably could get the taxpayer mid-level, 6.3 million. He averaged 13.8 uh, um, points, uh, 3 and D wing for sure. So he's an option. Patty Mills is an unrestricted free agent, so there's a chance he could join the team. I think he could be a great piece. He was um, in San Antonio with uh, Ida May Udoka as an assistant coach, so connections. Um, I think he might also have been there when Derek White was there for a little bit. Javon Carter is another option. Uh, maybe if uh, he is uh, someone that they go for as just like an end-of-the-bench guy, but I don't really know if he's going to... Um, be an option for Boston or they'd want to go for him. John Wall has accepted a buyout from the Rockets. Looks like he's going to the Clippers, so he's off the board. Dennis Schroeder is not coming back because the Celtics got much better without him, so he's done. Ricky Rubio could be an option for sure if they want to go 
um, with him, but I'm probably going to say he's going back to maybe the Cavaliers or to a different team. So, not happening. Next is Gary Payton. So, Gary Payton probably staying with the Warriors. I don't really see him leaving for Boston. Um, he likes Golden State, and that's probably where he's going to stay. Next is Bruce Brown, who I think could be the perfect choice for the Boston Celtics, being the fact that he averaged 9 points, 4 rebounds, a good defender, uh, a great player off the bench. He's 26 almost, and he's from Boston area, so he fits all of our boxes. So he is a very good option for a mid-level then we have someone who is a free agent, Dante DiVincenzo. I think as a reclamation project, he could be a good bench player if he can shoot the ball. He's a career 34% three-point shooter, but if he can get a little higher, then that could help us out a lot. Then there is Kyle Anderson, who definitely is going to be a free agent. He averaged 7.5 rebounds. Uh, Memphis drafted Jake LaRava, who's a small forward, and David Roddy, who's a power forward, so they're not going to keep uh, Kyle Anderson. So he could be a good wing for the Celtics, potentially. I don't know if he will be. Then there's Nicholas Batum, who is with the Los Angeles Clippers as a veteran, minimum. Not a bad choice if they choose to go for him. I could see it happening, but um, I don't know if they'll... Uh, I don't know if he's a Celtics choice, but... Um, for a cheap price, potentially. Otto Porter Jr. averaged 8 points, 5 rebounds, won championship in Golden State. I don't know if he's leaving. He is a free agent, but I think he probably wants to stay, because why not? You just won a championship. TJ Warren's next, and he's a good option for Boston. I think they could easily sign him. Uh, he does get hurt every now and again and was out for a while, but if he's healthy, he's a good small forward, power forward combination guy off the bench. I like him. If he can stay healthy. Wesley Matthews is 5.1 points, 3 and D wing. I think he wants to stay in Milwaukee, but he could basically go anywhere. He's a cheap contract. I don't think the Celtics will go for him, but um, he's going to get a lot of suitors. Next is Gary Harris, and Gary Harris averaged 11 points with Orlando. Obviously, if he's on a different team, he probably won't do that, but he's a great 3 and D wing and um, made 38% uh, of his threes, so he's an option for Boston, and for a good price, I'd take him. Next is Victor Oladipo, and I just don't see him even being an option, because I personally wouldn't want him on my team, and I think he's probably going to stay with uh, Miami, unless they have a reason to get rid of him. Then we have a couple of restricted guys. We got Lou Dort and Jason Tate. Jason Tate could end up getting a new contract somewhere else because of Houston just drafting so many players and they drafted Tarl Eason who basically does a lot what JC Tate does so he could be an option for the Celtics uh, it won't cost them that much Lou Dort's going to be in OKC for a while so don't expect him to get moved at all then there's two players um, Kessler Edwards from Brooklyn and Cody Martin and Caleb Martin, actually three players, Caleb Martin, Cody Martin, and Kessler Edwards, who are all restricted. Um, Caleb averaged 9.2 points, Cody Martin averaged 7.7, .7. Kessler averaged 5.9. Um, I don't think any of those guys are coming to Boston, but they could be potential options for other teams. Uh, then there's Joe Ingles, who got traded to Portland, 
7.2 points, 2.9 rebounds. He was hurt for a lot of the season. Uh, he tore his ACL in February. So um, he, if he's healthy, could be an option for Boston, but I don't think he's coming for sure. Then we got a couple of bigs. Nicholas Claxton, restricted. He's probably staying in Brooklyn. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein could be a great backup big. I like him a lot. So he could be an option. He is 24, so he is still young. Um, Kayvon Looney is staying where he's staying, most likely. Same thing for Mitchell Robinson. P.J. Tucker is might go to Philly, might stay in Miami, not coming to Boston. Uh, Marvin Bagley is restricted free agent, and with all these guys coming in, Jalen Duran joined in the fold. They now have Narland's Noel. Maybe Marvin Bagley's a free agent, and I honestly think he's a great player. So 11.7 rebounds couldn't be the worst choice in the world. Mo Bamba is a free agent and um, could be a very good player, but I don't know if Boston needs him as a backup. He's definitely more of a starter for sure, but if they want to bring him in, I guess they could. Bobby Portis is probably sticking with the Bucks because he had a great year with them. I don't see why not. Then we have two guys in Toronto, Thaddeus Young, who averaged 6 points and 4 rebounds, and Chris Butcher, who averaged 9 points and 6 rebounds. I think Butcher is... Not too bad of a player. I'd take him. Thaddeus Young probably isn't coming to Boston. Then we have uh, Montrez Harrell, who could be an option off the bench. But he doesn't give you that size that I think the Celtics need. So um, he's probably not coming to Boston. Nurkic is probably resigning with his uh, team in Portland. Uh, Mike Muscala could be an option also. Um, he is potentially a uh, free agent. Uh, I think they're going to get rid of him. Uh, so he averaged eight points, three rebounds. He could be a cheap option for the Celtics. Maybe OKC just keeps him, and then the Celtics use a trade exception to bring him in and make something happen that way. But um, you never know. He could be an option. So there are some good names out there. Um, we'll see what happens. Celtics have nine trade exceptions, and in this, most of those will probably not even get used, and I wouldn't be surprised if, they end up only using a handful of those, if even just one. And, you know, we'll see what happens.